Welcome to the Trinity Western Chapel podcast. As a vibrant part of life at TWU, Chapel creates opportunities for us to engage with God's story of redemption in Jesus Christ through His Word, prayer, and worship. We're glad you're listening and hope that you encounter God's heart for you and the world. that over the last uh, several years, my brain is unreliable. Like to remember all of the things or even half of the things. And so I have to use calendars and alerts and reminder apps to make sure that if something has to happen at a specific time and day, like I need something to remind me if it's gonna happen, right? Same thing with the past, right? We have to be reminded of the things that we've learned in the past as well. And I think that this is how uh, we're trained. I think this is how we are raised, you know, as like human beings. So for instance, when you were a child, your parent likely had to remind you multiple times the same thing over and over again, right? Remember to say thank you, say thank you, say thank you, say thank you. Chew with your mouth closed. Don't forget to close your mouth, chew with your mouth closed, make sure that you share, right? (laughs) Make sure that you, you know, are kind, right? Don't hit, like, don't fight your sister. Uh, All of those things, these are things that we had to be reminded time and time again in order for us to, like, make it a part of our second nature, right? These are things that we just naturally do. Our parents had to remind us of the things that they once taught us. And so in order for us to kind of grow and mature into, you know, hopefully sane adults, uh, human beings, uh, who can, we can say like, yeah, my mama raised me, right? Like sometimes we just need to be reminded of the things that we learned and maybe even heard time and time again. And I think that's what James is kind of doing in this next set of scripture uh, from James 1 and 19, through 21, right? His audience were Jewish Christians and they likely heard a lot of these things in their teaching, right? In their Jewish traditional like upbringing. Uh, They likely heard a lot of these things growing up. And so we're gonna pray and we're gonna dive in uh, to these reminders that James has for us. Uh, Dearly Father God, we are so grateful Uh, God, for your word, for your scriptures, God, Uh, the way that you gently remind us of all of the things that we have learned and that we will be learning are the things that we need to do. God, open our hearts uh, to your truth. God, help us to uh, take in the things that we specifically need to be reminded of. Uh, Father, that we might live lives that glorify you and honor you, God. We invite your Holy Spirit, uh, God, not only into me to speak what you want me to speak, but also into the hearts of your people uh, who are under the sound of my voice, God, who need to uh, take in and process what you want them to know, God. We love you and it's in your sense and we pray. Amen. All righty. So let's dive in. Um, I am reading from the ESV translation for those who are following along. And this is what James 1, 19 through 21 says. It says, know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, 
slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. James wants them to know what's true, right? We are to be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, because our anger does not produce God's righteousness. Now, they would have learned these things just by studying Proverbs, studying Proverbs where several scriptures provide Jewish wisdom around the misuse of the tongue and the anger that can result. So here are the scriptures, some of the scriptures that they likely heard growing up. Proverbs 10, 19, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. That's NLT version, y'all. <laughs> Proverbs eleven twelve. it is foolish to belittle one's neighbor. A sensible person keeps quiet. Proverbs 15, 1, a gentle answer deflects anger, but harsh words make tempers flare. And Proverbs 17, 27, ESV, whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. So let's look, look at what James says, right? First, he says, be quick to hear, be quick. If we are quick, it means that the posture of our heart is prompt and it is ready to listen, right? It is quick. It's like, I'm here. I'm, I'm wait. I am, I am ready to listen. Too often I have to tell myself, Shala, like, just listen, just listen, right? Because my default mode is to like prepare my defense. I'm taking notes. I'm crafting my argument. I got my rebuttals lined up. And so with that being said, like, I am not ready. I am, my heart is not ready to hear, my heart is ready to speak. Or even when a friend is sharing their heart and their story, like even in that point, when, I, when I'm not trying to like defend myself, I still have to remind myself to be quick to listen or to be quick to hear and not be quick to like give them my advice, give them these like nuggets of wisdom that I'm about to drop on their life. Like I have to be quick to listen, quick to hear, but I just need to pause, right? I just need to pause and listen to them. So I have to intentionally shift my sinful nature, right? That is quick to talk in order to be aligned with the word of God that tells me to not talk so much and to give a gentle answer, not like my five point rebuttal, which we're, we're gonna talk about. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of which, right, James tells us to be slow to speak, slow to speak. Now, this word speak in Greek, it's not just like a general talking. Here's what it is. It's a lengthy or aggressive speech or tirade, right? It's otherwise known as like preaching to people, right? Preaching all random and stuff. And no one likes to be preached at like that, right? But when we get prideful or angry, it's kind of like our default, Right. We just get like extra sassy and we just think that we need to know it like some for some reason. We think that we just have loads of insight and wisdom that we got to tell people and they're going to hear it right now. Right. We start saying things like and furthermore. And as a matter of fact, and we use words like 
well, you never, and you always, instead of, I sometimes feel, I sometimes think, or I sometimes assume or conclude, um, it's you, not I, it's you and never, you always. And when we have that kind of aggressive um, language, we begin to like abuse our relationships and destroy our relationships. And it demoralizes the people who God made in his image and whom God loves dearly. And so maybe we shouldn't talk to people like that. And we should be slow to speak, slow to start going on your tirade. And then lastly, he tells us, we need to be slow to anger because the anger of man does not produce the righteousness God desires. So sometimes we try to justify our anger because we just got to express ourselves, right? We have to express ourselves or we falsely think that somehow if we show this person just how angry we are, we will be able to get them to change and do the thing that we want them to do. Now, if our human anger produces some kind of change, that change is likely the result of manipulation or from a mental or emotional abuse. And y'all, that's not okay. And sometimes as Christians, we like to um, mask our anger as a righteous indignation. We only get angry when God is angry. God is angry at that, therefore I am angry at that. And so what happens is if we're really, really, really honest with ourselves, we're just angry in our own human nature for our own reasons, so much so that we forget the greatest command to love God and to love others, right? Others who, again, are created by God and loved by God. I really appreciate this proverb, uh, Proverbs 14, 29. It says, whoever is slow to anger has great understanding, but he who has a hasty temper exalts folly. Great understanding. This is the same word for understanding that God gave Solomon. When, he, when uh, God gave Solomon wisdom and understanding, right? The beauty of being slow to become angry is that we have the ability to step back and understand the situation. Like we can calmly survey the land. We can logically think through and process the things that we are seeing. We can ask clarifying questions and therefore avoid blowing up and being foolish. But we have to be slow to anger. We have to be patient. So again, why does James tell us to be slow to anger? Why? Because our human anger does not develop the character or the Christian justification that God desires, right? God desires for us to be saved. And if our anger does not help someone draw closer into a saving relationship with God, then we need to adjust our approach. Sometimes we get so angry at a person's sin that we take an approach where we condemn and hate entire populations. And y'all often it's counterproductive. It doesn't draw people into repentance that draws them closer to God. If anything, it maligns our witness of Christ as someone who loves us 
unconditionally, right? He loves his creation unconditionally. So instead, we have to figure out how do we love people so well to Jesus that they can encounter Jesus and that the Holy Spirit can do his job of convicting and converting hearts toward God. You know, one of the uh, best and most humbling pieces of advice uh, that I have received over the years was from a discipler who, as I was like, you know, unloading all of, you know, my marital issues, uh, she was like, Shala, you are not your husband's Holy Spirit. I'm like, what? Which, are you sure? Because I feel like me and the Holy Spirit look a lot alike. Like we like this. Me and the Holy Spirit are here. Are you sure that I am not my husband's Holy Spirit? Uh, and that convicted me. And so every time I am in a place where I am trying to like change someone, change something uh, that I think it is my job to change, I have to like sit back and like, Shala, you are not their Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is fully capable of doing the job that has been assigned to him. So step back, Shala. Uh, reminder two, peel off sin. James one twenty one says, therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. So he reminds us to put away or to peel off sin, right? This also reminds me of Hebrews 12, 1 that says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, right? We have to be intentional about laying aside sin, Right? Just like taking off dirty or muddy clothes that like cling so closely, but we can't lay it aside or take it off if we are not aware, if we are not aware of our own sin. So to be aware of our sin, it means again that we have to be in the word of God and we have to have people in our lives who are going to disciple us to Jesus. I know for me um, as a college student, like this was clutch. Or it was clutch for me to have uh, women who were in my life who were more mature than me, whether it's by a couple years older or 10 to 12 years older, who could speak into my life. And so you want to make sure that these are people who are also in their word, who also have spiritual discernment to be able to see what's happening in you and the conviction and your trust to be able to call out in love what they see with the goal of you repenting and laying it aside, not them just airing their anger and their frustration, right? It reminds me of um, Mulan. So spoiler alert, small, small spoiler alert, um, because she was hiding the fact that she was a woman, right? In this all male battalion, she had to figure out like how not to like bathe with them because that's problematic, right? So she would, you know, find something else to do when everybody else was bathing. And so at some point, she just hadn't bathed in a long time. And so her fellow soldiers had to basically be like, dude, you stink multiple times. You smell, you stink in order for her to take action and go bathe right? That had to happen. Someone had to be a truth speaker in her life <laughs> because they cared. Like you stink. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be living like this, right? And here's the thing. After a while, like you can't smell yourself. 
right? When you're in sin for a long time, we don't like smell ourselves. Um, so who are your godly friends, right? Who are your godly friends? And note that I say godly friends, right? plural. You need more than one, ideally like three, right? At a minimum, like I need like three friends. So I got like a backup friends. I got other perspectives um, who are gonna be mature in the faith who are gonna love you well, who are gonna speak the truth to you. Um, and here's the thing that was so great for me, uh, especially as a young college student who was still like trying to figure out this walk with God thing. Um, I was able to learn what walking with Jesus looked like just by looking and watching their life. Because the women that were in my life as models to me uh, just had such great convictions. And, could, and I could say, I could follow you as you follow Christ. Um, so that helped me. And sometimes I could ask them for input and they would give me the input that I need or they would see that I was tripping and they would offer up the input without me even having to ask, how kind. Um, but those were the things that I needed. And so here's also the thing. I love taking communion for this purpose. It gives me a regular time uh, to reflect on my sin, uh, to confess my sin, and to see what it is that I need to put away, what it is that I need to lay aside. And uh, several years ago, I remember I was preparing to take communion. Uh, we're always told before you take communion, make sure that you examine yourself so that you know like why you're taking communion, what your sin is. And y'all, I sat there with my little communion cup and I was like, hmm, did I even sin this past week? Was the last time I took communion? Hmm, let me think about that. Hmm, you know, I don't, I don't think I sinned in the last seven days, y'all. It was like an alert went off. Like the Holy Spirit started banging pots and pans and was like, sis, you are disconnected spiritually. You do not understand what is happening because for some reason I thought that I was able to be righteous in and of myself for the past seven days, right? I was holy by my own effort. And guys, this was so dangerous, right? It seems simple, but it was dangerous because here's the thing. Satan had me thinking that I didn't really need the blood of the lamb. I did not need the blood of the lamb because I could achieve righteousness on my own. I could be sinless on my own. But thank God for the Holy Spirit who was like, ma'am, you need to go get your entire life. Okay, so let's put away all filthiness and moral uncleanliness, including, you know, pride and tomfoolery in our thinking and rampant wickedness. And so if something is rampant, um, there's a surplus or an abundance of it. So James is like, y'all, y'all got this backup pandemic store pile, stockpile of sin, and you just need to get rid of it. Like, I know that we're all sinners, but sir, you are doing the most. <laughs> so let's make sure uh, that we are able to put away uh, tomfoolery and craziness. So reminder three, humbly receive Jesus. Uh, lastly, James tells us that when we put off that tomfoolery, we need to receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. And the NLT translation says it like this, humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. 
right? This is the new covenant where God, instead of writing his law and his desires on tablets, he chooses to write them on our heart and to plant them inside of us. Um, his law are inside of our hearts and, and it's through his forgiveness that we are able to be saved. And so this is what the covenant is as described in Jeremiah 31, 33 through 34 it says, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each brother saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. But I wondered, I kept thinking, why? Why would James say we need to humbly accept or receive with meekness the implanted word that can save us? Because in my brain, you know, I've, you know, from, from walking with Jesus for a while, I'm thinking like, well, duh, like I need that. Like, hello, I need saving, like, you know, <laughs> Give, give me the truth. Um, and so, but this meekness, right? This meekness that we're supposed to receive um, the word of God with, it communicates submission. Meekness communicates submission. We have to humbly submit ourselves, our will, our control to the truth of the gospel. The opposite is to pridefully reject the hope of Jesus. But it's deeper than that. To, to accept this means that we have to admit that we cannot save ourselves. We can't be righteous on our own. We need Jesus. And in our current culture with various religions and all different forms of spirituality, it makes it sound like you can save yourself or even you don't need saving. There's no hell. There's nothing that's gonna happen to you. Like you don't need it or you can save yourself. So they say things like everything you need is in you. Love yourself, speak your truth. Nah, I need the Holy Spirit living in me. I need God in order to know true love. And I need Jesus who is the way, the truth and the life, period. Not everyone can receive that, submit to that, welcome that with humility, because it means that they have to realize that they are not self-sufficient. They are not enough. They're not enough without Jesus. But when we get to get over our pride and we can accept the word of truth, we encounter the power that can save our souls. So I hope that these reminders serve you well. Remember to watch your character, right? Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Remember to get intentional about peeling off sin and go enlist the help of fellow believers in that process. And then remember to humbly receive Jesus. Each day we need to choose Jesus, to submit to Jesus, because in Jesus we have the forgiveness of sins and we have the salvation of our souls. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, you are so gracious that you would set forth 
these beautiful and helpful and timely reminders uh, in this season that we would be slow to speak, uh, sl uh, quick to hear, and slow to anger. God, that we can't produce your rightness, righteousness in our anger. Father, that we have to humbly receive Jesus. God, we thank you so much for all of the things that you are doing, God, all of the ways that you are going to transform our lives. Father, help us to walk close to you, God. Help us to know uh, that we need you. Father, and if there's anyone who is in a place where they have been self-sufficient, Father, I pray that in this moment, God, that they toss it all over to you, that they submit to you, that they submit to Jesus, and they understand that they need you, God, and that they are willing to repent. They are willing to peel off all of the sin that entangles and to choose you to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of their lives, God, that they offer it all up to them. God, we thank you. Uh, God, we thank you for your mercy and your grace and the ability to just be here in this presence, in this time, God, to hear from you, God, to feel your love. God, we thank you. God, we pray blessings over 2021, God, that we can move forward uh, with confidence and strength in you and in what you will do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, have a great one. Bye. Thanks for listening. We hope to worship together with you soon at our next broadcast online at livechapel.twu.ca every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 11 a.m. You can also stay connected with us by following at TWU Chapel and at TWU Student Ministries. Much love.